Hey, welcome to The Quest and thank you guys for being with us today. I know that you got a lot going on in your day. The fact that you would include us means a lot, especially if you happen to be checking us out. Listen, before we get into the talk today, how about if we pray together? This is a great time to connect with God and all the activity you have going on in your day. Let's just bring God into that activity. Let's surrender our activity to God even before the activity begins. You might already have an agenda for your day today. And you haven't even considered what God's agenda is. This would be a great time to put your agenda aside and say, God, I don't know what you have in store, but I'm up for that. So let's pray. Father, we love you. And Father, we just welcome you into our lives. We're so appreciative of your presence and your power and your love in our lives. And for each person that is listening, whatever the things and challenges that they're going through, whatever the issues are that they face, Father, we know that you are greater than those challenges. And I ask that you would bring peace and joy. I ask that you would give faith. I ask that your presence would just give them the courage and the strength that they need for life that they're in right now. Father, we turn to you. We set our agendas aside. We invite you to come and speak into our lives. Father, may your purpose in our lives and your purpose for our lives be our purpose. May that be the plan that we establish, and that is that we lay aside our dreams for your dream. And Father, we love you and ask that you would speak into our hearts today. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, listen, we're in a brand new series today entitled Kingdom Come. I've been really excited about this series. It's been something I've wanted to do for a long time. It's something that God's really laid on my heart, so I'm excited to get into it. How many of you feel like this world is spinning out of control? I mean, have you had that moment where you were just watching maybe the news or something, and all of a sudden it just hits you like, this is crazy, stupid how out of control this world is. And I don't know where you feel. It could be the uncertain economy, the increased control of the government. It could be the wars and the threats of wars. Or maybe it's the fear of the upcoming, the next upcoming pandemic. Maybe it's our divided political system. Or it could be the complete and utter decline of morality in this world and in the culture that we live in. People doing whatever they want. People calling evil good and good evil. Or maybe it's raising kids in this culture that we find ourselves. What I'm saying is there are so many things that can alert us and concern us about a world that we live in that is out of control. And all of these issues that I mentioned get magnified when we are out of touch with the kingdom of God and what that means in our lives. When we don't live with an awareness of the kingdom of God. See, something we need to understand, you can write this on your notes, is this. We live in the conflict of two kingdoms. Make no mistake, you may know this intellectually. You may experience the reality of this through the events going on worldwide. But there is a very real spiritual battle going on. And it's a battle of two kingdoms. And the battle is over the souls of men and women and children. The very souls of people need to be rescued. Listen to the scripture in Colossians that says this. It says, And always thankful to the Father who has made us fit to share all the wonderful things that belong to those who live in the kingdom of the light. That's us as believers. We share in the great things of the kingdom of God. It goes on to say, for he has rescued us, and get this, out of the darkness and gloom of Satan's kingdom and brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. 
Don't miss that. If you're a follower of Christ, you've been rescued out of the kingdom of darkness. You've been rescued out of Satan's kingdom. Listen, the ideologies, the beliefs, the principles, and the narratives of this world completely contradict the truths of God. So when the laws of this world require us to hold to the truths and narratives of this world, there's going to be conflict. There has to be conflict. I personally believe we cannot stick our heads in the proverbial sand and do nothing about it. We can't embrace the kingdom that we are in battle against, the, the kingdom that we fight against. We know this, but the spiritual battle that we're in is not against people. You know the scripture in Ephesians? It says this, For we are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against persons without bodies, the evil rulers of the unseen world, those mighty satanic beings and great evil princes of darkness who rule this world, and against huge number of wicked spirits in the spirit world. So here's a tricky part. So when the people of this world, who belong to the kingdom of this world, or the kingdom of Satan, they, in fact, push the narratives of Satan. They establish the policies of Satan, if you will. And that's where it gets really tricky for us. In fact, something you can write down is this. We need to understand the kingdom of God so we live as citizens of his kingdom in this conflict. We can't live in the conflict and not live as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We live out the values and priorities of God's kingdom with the character of the kingdom. And we'll look at all that stuff through the series. As we go through the series, my prayer is that we discover the kingdom of God and make God's kingdom first in our life and ask for God's kingdom to fill our life. When Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray, part of that prayer that he was teaching them, the example of prayer that he was giving to them, says this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is that your prayer? Has that been your prayer? One thing is for sure, submitting to the ways of Jesus will not help us make friends with this world. But then again, that's not the goal. See, what's happening when we follow Jesus is we're joining a revolution, if you will, against the kingdom of darkness. And the kingdom of darkness influences the kingdoms of this world. So if we genuinely pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, we're making ourselves available for God's kingdom to be made known in this world. We're making ourselves available to display God's kingdom in this world. Prayer is not passive, it's active. So that when we're praying and we're asking for his kingdom to come, then we want to be a part of that kingdom and the expression of that kingdom. So as we set up the series, something you may or may not know. The term kingdom is used 150 times in the New Testament. And 78% of those are in the four Gospels. And 95% of those are mentioned by Jesus himself. You see, the kingdom of heaven is the central theme. The kingdom of heaven was Jesus' first sermon that he ever preached in his ministry here on earth. In Matthew 4, it says this, From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Nineteen parables directly relate to the kingdom of God. In the book of Acts, it mentions that the disciples were preaching about the kingdom of God. Paul, in the other epistles and letters that he wrote, he mentions the kingdom 20 times. 
See, the message of the kingdom was Jesus' priority all through his ministry, but even after his resurrection. Listen to the scripture in Acts. It says, after his suffering, after he was crucified and rose from the dead, he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So if this message and this issue, this topic is so important to Jesus, it probably should be important to us as well. So that's a great question. How important, how valuable is God's kingdom in your life? And what priority does it have in your life? Jesus said this about the value of God's kingdom. Listen, he says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure a man discovered in a field. In his excitement, he sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field and get the treasure too. In other words, the kingdom of heaven is a valuable treasure that is worth securing at any cost. I mean, in that story that Jesus gave, what he's saying is the kingdom of God is so valuable that it is worth selling all that you have in order to obtain it, in order to possess it. And I don't want you to miss this, so maybe you could write this down. It's this, you can do without everything in your life to acquire this one thing. That is how important the kingdom of God is. And I want you to keep this in mind as we go through the talk today, as well as as we go through the series. The kingdom of God is not part of our lives. It is the totality of our life. Jesus wanted us to understand and experience the value of the kingdom of God. So he established a priority for the kingdom in our lives. Listen to what he says. He says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. In other words, put God's kingdom first in your life. Make it the primary pursuit of your life. I mean, we tend to pursue many things. Our greatest pursuit are things that make us comfortable and happy, things that make life easy. And a lot of times, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God doesn't even make our priority list. It's not even something we think about. When Jesus says it's supposed to be the primary pursuit of our life. So something you can write down is this. The way that we pursue the kingdom of God is to pursue the king of the kingdom. Everything about the kingdom reflects the king. To know the kingdom of God is to know the king. The priority of God's kingdom reflects the priority of the king in your life. 1 Peter 3 reminds us, and it says this, In your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. See, every kingdom requires a king. See, the kingdom of darkness serves and is surrendered to the king of darkness, Satan himself. The kingdom of God serves and is surrendered to Jesus, the king of all kings. Listen to the scripture. On his robe and thigh was written this title, the title for Jesus, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So what is the kingdom of God? There are a few elements that define it for us. The first one is this. The kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God. We live in the U.S., so we don't have a king. In fact, we don't really have a president either. I'm just a joke. I'm just plain. But it makes my point. Because of our political structures in the U.S., we don't willingly and fully surrender to anyone. See, a sovereign king has no opposition and no resistance. He is not obliged to call for election or polls. He doesn't listen to or submit to advisors, congressmen, or senators. The will of the king is the law. But a king can't be a king by himself. There's an important element that sustains the king's reign, and that's subjects or people. 
These subjects are usually part of the kingdom by birth, inheritance, request, or even invitation. And the people of the kingdom have rights as well as responsibilities. They work in unity under the king's direction and for the king's pleasure. You see, for the people of the kingdom, their lives are directly impacted by the desires of the king. So a great question is, does God rule and reign in your life? What kind of rule does God have in your life? Does God face opposition or resistance from us? Here's another part of the definition, and that's this. The kingdom of God is a present realm where God's authority and blessings dwell. See, the kingdom is in those who believe and surrender to the rule of the king. A Pharisee asked Jesus when his kingdom would come, and Jesus said this, The kingdom of God is within you. We are born into God's kingdom, not through a physical birth, but through a spiritual birth. It's to be reborn, to be born with a new nature. Listen to scripture. It says, Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So this is important. If we're going to be able to even see the kingdom of God, we've got to be born again. See, the kingdom is a present realm within the lives of believers that are surrendered to the king and identify as subjects of the king. That means our values reflect the values of the kingdom, the values of the king of the kingdom. That means our character reflects the king of the kingdom, as well as our priority and our purpose. See, in this present realm within us, within us, in our hearts, we experience the power of the king within us and through us. 1 Corinthians says it this way, For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It's not just lip service. It's not just going to church. It is living by God's power. Another part of the kingdom definition is this. The kingdom of God is a future realm where the fullness of the king's glory dwells. It's his heaven. This is where all things will be as they were designed to be, not deformed by sin or rebellion. Revelation 21 tells us what heaven will be like, and it says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death, and no sorrow, no crying or pain, and all of these things are gone forever. Think about that. No more death, no more sorrow, no pain, no crying. No sickness, no sin, no wickedness. It goes on to say this in Revelation, Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Only the subjects of the kingdom will enter into the kingdom. See, the fundamental principle of the kingdom is where the king is, there is the kingdom. And the reason this is so important is this future realm of God's kingdom, heaven, gives us great hope. We live with great hope because of heaven. We look forward to going there. It reminds us that the conflict of two kingdoms that we're currently in is only temporary. It reminds us that the kingdom of God wins over the kingdom of darkness. And that fills us with hope. Having a kingdom mentality is a framework that allows us to see life through God's perspectives, through God's values, through God's priorities, so that we can make choices that reflect God's priorities in our life. Having a kingdom mindset allows us to engage the conflict of two kingdoms with peace, courage, and purpose. 
It allows us to not be distracted by temporal things. So when we have a kingdom come mindset, how does that help us with the challenges that come from the conflict of these two kingdoms that we find ourselves engaged in? And the first one is this, a kingdom mindset sets our passions on what's eternal, not what's temporal. We don't allow our passions or our desires to run without being checked. We don't give them free reign in our lives. We don't set our passions on this world or the things of this world because this world is temporary. When we set our desires on this world, then we invest in this world. Colossians 3 says that this way, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you died to this life and your real life is in, hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all of his glory. We also need a kingdom mindset because a kingdom mindset keeps us focused on Christ within us rather than the chaos around us. When we focus on the chaos of this world, the wars and threats of this world, when I'm focused on the agenda of this world, it's easy to get overwhelmed. It's easy to get anxious. But when I stay focused on Jesus, when I think about his power, when I'm reminded that his kingdom wins over the kingdom of darkness, over the systems of this world, it removes the fear. It gives me peace. In Isaiah, it says this, that you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. It's not just thinking about Jesus. It's not just thinking about the king. It's trusting the king with everything. We also need a kingdom mindset because of this. A kingdom mindset establishes a faith in God, not politicians. I would even include or policies. See, politicians push the values of the kingdom that they belong to. Their policies create the desired standard of living for that kingdom. When those values and standards do not reflect the kingdom of God, that's when we get upset. That's when we feel threatened. That's when there's a great tension with us. We don't support the values and standards that conflict with the kingdom of God. We can't. And what's really important in this is in this tension, we are reminded that God is in complete control that God is sovereign and our faith is in Him alone. Our faith is not in policies or in people. In Psalms, it talks about the righteous, those who belong to God, those who are surrendered to the King, and it says this, they do not fear bad news, they confidently trust the Lord to care for them. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. I'm talking to myself here, don't get worked up, don't fear the plans of the wicked. You belong to the king of kings. The king of your life is sovereign and is in control over all things. We also need a mindset of the kingdom this way. The kingdom mindset keeps us serving the king of the kingdom. See, the people of the kingdom live for the pleasure of the king. We serve Jesus and we serve Jesus in serving others. This is important because in serving Jesus, we carry out the values of Jesus. Remember, the policies of this world destroy lives. They reflect the policies of the kingdom of darkness and their king. The policies of the kingdom of God cares for others. Jesus talked about this final judgment that we all face when we stand before the king ourselves. And Jesus says, citizens of this kingdom share the values of the king himself. Listen to this story that he tells. 
Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me, and I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink, and I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me, and I was in prison, and you visited me. And then the righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say this, I tell you the truth, when you did it for one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. See, when we live in the kingdom presently, when the values of this kingdom fill us, we are promised the kingdom eternally. And we have peace within because we belong to the Prince of Peace. He rules our lives and He rules our hearts. Remember, the kingdom of God is a treasure, a valuable treasure that is worth more than all that you possess. And we can't get distracted by this world or the conflict of this world. We live as people of the kingdom. In fact, listen to this scripture as I close. It's in Thessalonians. It says, we encourage you, we comforted you, and we kept urging you to live the kind of life that pleases God, who calls you to share in his own kingdom and glory. Are you living the kind of life that pleases God? Are you living for the pleasure of the king? Does this kingdom of God, is it a value in your life? Live your life in such a way that your life pleases the king. Because you're a subject of the kingdom. You're a person of the king. You are a citizen in his kingdom. So we live for the pleasure of the king. And let the power of the king fill you with comfort and joy and peace in all of the conflict that you face. If you're not a citizen of heaven, you can be today. You can be reborn into the kingdom of God. There are no magic words. It is just a conversation that you have with God where you surrender yourself to God and say, I want to be a citizen of your kingdom. I want your rulership in my life. I want to live my life to please you, no longer living to please myself. It's a conversation that you have. So let's have that conversation. Father, we come to you right now and we First and foremost, those that want to be citizens of your kingdom, they want to be surrendered to you as their king. Father, I ask that you would step in and that you would give them a brand new birth, that they would experience new life, that they would experience new purpose, new passion, that they would experience your forgiveness and your love that fills them. Father, that you would give them a brand new direction in life with a brand new purpose and a priority for what is to happen in this life. Father, I ask for all of us as we come to understand your kingdom and our place in that kingdom, that Father, it would fill us with great peace and great joy as we live in this world temporarily and we experience the conflict of two kingdoms. Father, I ask that you would be with us and that you would help us and that you would give us the strength that we need. Father, that we would live in such a way that, that our lives would please you in all that we do. Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The kingdom of God is an exciting subject. Uh, the kingdom fills our lives, and as I said as I began, that it is the most important and most valuable commodity that you could possess. It was 
Jesus' primary message that he taught on because he understood what was at stake. And when we come, we don't live as citizens of the darkness. We live as citizens of the light. We live as citizens of the kingdom of God. And so as we discover that, I want to encourage you to commit yourself to that. That it's not going to be perfect, and yes, you will make mistakes. But we get up and we continue to move forward and we continue to live as citizens of the kingdom of God. Listen, thank you guys so much for being with us. I hope that you experience a kingdom mindset this week. And I hope that as you step in and as you engage in this conflict, that you're filled with joy, filled with peace, and filled with strength because you serve the king of all kings. Listen, God's best to you. Have a great rest of your week. Bye-bye.